Wednesday, March 21st. Welcome, everybody. We are back for another Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today we're talking position battles. We're going to look around the league and see who's competing for certain spots and rotations in the field, the bullpen. Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com is our email address, so send us an email. Put podcasts in the subject line. Just found out that it's Nando DeFino's third day, and he still doesn't even know where the water cooler is. <laughs> Come on, man. It's not one of the first things you ask. <laughs> it would have been one of the first things I asked. I probably would have been a little nervous when I was get, getting interviewed. I would have been like, hey, you got a water cooler here? <laughs> ask me, what's the salary, and do you have a water yeah, cooler? Yeah, exactly. See, yeah, I think exactly. I would have just stuck a cup under a faucet in uh, I in would the bathroom. Never do that. <laughs> I was told See, not to drink too much of the tap water around. That's the a difference in the personalities right here. <laughs> Scott White is a daring man. Adam Scott and Nando here. Al's got the day off from the podcast. He's busy doing some other stuff, writing columns, doing updates. Uh, check all that stuff out, fantasynews.cbssports.com. We'll do some quick injury updates. We'll talk about Miguel Cabrera, who's out two weeks with an eye fracture. And then we'll set the position battles up for you. So I'm just going to read through some updates here. If anything jumps out at you as important, um, you know, fire away. Carlos Marmol left Tuesday's game with a hand cramp. Any nah. takers? Okay. Keep an eye on Kerry Wood. <laughs> Neftali Feliz left with shoulder stiffness. Uh, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's just the reminder that this is kind of new to him, extending right. himself over spring training like this. And his arm might, there might be some backlash might there. Might fall off. Well. Probably won't fall off. He's an injury risk, I guess. Sure. Uh, Nick Swisher battling groin issues. I think the Yankees, if they do lose Swisher, are pretty good with Ibanez and Andrew Jones in the in the background there, so. Not a problem yet, but I mean, they're set if they if they do lose him. Ryan Braun had some tightness in his groin. Doesn't seem like a big deal. I'm not concerned. Still no timetable for Corey Hart to return to playing. He's recovering from knee surgery. Um, any worries there? Um, I mean, there's there was always the chance he was going to miss a portion of April. It still doesn't seem like something that's going to extend into May. Uh, wasn't a major surgery. I, I I think he might even still be a value because people are, are just worried anytime you see the Red Cross next to somebody's name. Ray's shortstop, Reed Brignac, has a foot issue. That could mean Sean Rodriguez is your opening day shortstop, Nando. He's a perennial tease, man. I, I've had yeah. Sean Rodriguez on my team at least the last three years, just dangling on the end of that bench. Him, it's him and Brandon Wood. Are you giving up now? Uh, you know, now, of course, I'm going to give up when he's about to become <laughs> the starting shortstop and hold on to it, but I, I just, I'm, I'm wary. I'm wary of him, but that doesn't mean everyone else should be. Could be some guy. Well, are either of them worth taking a shot on in maybe an AL only league or in an AL? I mean, in an AL only league, yeah, anybody getting full time at bats <laughs> yeah, is, is worth question. a shot. But in mixed leagues, I I've pretty much turned the page on Sean Rodriguez. He strikes me as a quadruple A type, and you know a lot of that was in Salt Lake City, which is a great place to hit. So. I I think he's proven he's nothing special. Well, Madden does. He seemed to like him last year and plugged him in at a bunch of different places, which is always cause for concern when I write a player off. Like the manager likes him. Yeah, he did hit a lot of home runs in the minors. I, I just feel like I could do so much better if I needed a a deep deep middle infielder. Like I like Alexi Casilla more than uh, than Sean Rodriguez because I think he could at least provide a a worthwhile number of steals. Right. Both uh, Andrew Miller and Vicente Padilla tweaked their hamstrings. We'll have more on the Red Sox rotation where Padilla is a candidate for the back end of that rotation. The Giants starting pitcher Ryan Vogelsong expected to make his Cactus League debut Saturday. Second baseman Freddie Sanchez likely won't be ready for opening day. Braves starting pitcher Arodis Vizcaino had Tommy John surgery. Oh. 
Well, I'd hold on to him in, in long-term keeper leagues where you, you know, stash billions of prospects because I actually think long-term this might be a good thing for him. And I was worried about him getting stuck in relief since that's clearly where the Braves were going to use him this year. Uh, now that will have a couple years or a year and a half off, maybe not. Orioles starting pitcher Zach Britton will see Dr. James Andrews. Get the latest on him, fantasynews.cbsports.com. The much more important injury update, Miguel Cabrera out two weeks with an eye fracture. Scott, does this change him at all in your mind? He's the number one player for us since he'll be third base eligible. I mean, I think you still have to draft him number one. The good news is with an eye fracture, you would think he's still going to be able to partake in baseball activities while he's recovering from this injury and, and you know, still be ready for opening day probably. Uh, certainly the work, the first week of the season, I'd think. You know, it's it's a bigger deal than not having a fracture, but at the same time, it, it, it's, it doesn't give me any long-term concerns. Well, look at A.J. Burnett. AJ Burnett, people yeah. are saying he might not be back till June, and now he's already throwing. I mean, he's, it's not yeah. the same exact, you know, orbital fracture and eye fracture, a little different, but you know, right. that's come along pretty quickly. Yeah, and he needed surgery even, and that doesn't look like it's going to be the case at all for Cabrera, obviously. Now, are you concerned when you saw that play that Miguel Cabrera can't play third base and he's going to be a liability and he's going to get hurt? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I mean, obviously, we know he's not going to be the best defensive third baseman. I don't think he's going to be a liability, especially looking in fantasy. I don't think he's going to be a liability unless you play in one of those deeper point leagues where you know you get you get points taken off for errors, right? Which is still you know that's such a minor concern with Miguel Cabrera. You know, it's <laughs> it's like oh you know this girl's beautiful, but I think she has like one gray hair right there. Oh well, know? that's Come a deal on, breaker. Yeah. That's a deal yeah. breaker for that's, me. I'm not I'm not concerned <laughs> about this having any effect on fantasy. Okay, I don't think his other eye will get broken either. I think he'll he'll be okay. <laughs> Um, and some more notes before we get into the position battles. Yoannis Cespedes will start the season in center field with Coco Crisp moving to left field. Thoughts on that, Scott? It's what I think we were expecting to happen. Um, it, it shows that clearly they think his bat's ready, which is the most important thing for fantasy purposes. Hasn't really done much this spring after that big debut, but um, I this... Clearly, he deserves to go in all leagues. I still wouldn't draft him till the late rounds because I, I still have concerns about players coming over from Cuba, and, and that's a big jump in competition and a free swinger probably. Yeah, I, I, I still have concerns about Suspedes, but clearly he's a worthwhile option. Grant Balfour is the A's closer. You like it? Love it. Love it. I remember when Balfour kind of, kind of backed his way into saves a few years ago in Tampa Bay. And, He's, he's a hard thrower, and he's pretty much exactly what you want in a closer. And from the start, I kind of thought maybe Fuentes, they might use him. You know, he's a lefty, so you want to use your lefties as lefty specialists, not really as closers. I, I, I like this ball four move a lot. Not just because it makes me look I was right. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, I like him as a closer. I think he has the metal and the talent to do it. Do you like him better than Carlos Marmol? With Marmol's hand injury, I mean, you know, hand cramps, totally weird new injury. Um, but all things considered... Uh, you know, I'm kind of even on both. I think I do like Balfour a lot, but uh, Marmol is just, he's been so solid the last few years in that role. that I guess the one concern I bring up about Balfour is he's he always seemed like one of those setup men who was great in the setup role, but then when they stuck him in the closer role, it just, it obviously didn't last long, kind of like Latroy Hawkins. And, you know, I don't know that that'll be the case. I, I feel like a lot of that might just be small sample size uh, but obviously the A's have a lot of fallback options, and, and so that would still put him kind of at the end of the closer pool for me. But 
if he does, if he is able to hang on to it, uh, you're talking about a, an A's team that obviously isn't yeah. going to score a ton we of runs. We love that situation. Right. When they win, it's going to be close, and, and that could mean 35-plus saves. So uh, definitely uh, definitely ahead of like the Jim Johnsons and Brett Myers of the worlds. What about the Farnsworth of the world? Uh, I'd, I'd still take Farnsworth first. Nando? Uh, you know, I, I wasn't hot on Farnsworth last year, just just based on his his history. But I, he proved me wrong. I yeah. mean, I had him on some teams, just kind of begrudgingly took him, and he was great. So, you know, outside of whatever tweaked injuries he's going to come up with, um, I think I got to go with Farnsworth on that one. Okay, Balfour or Betancourt? Uh, I'll, I'll take Betancourt. Okay, Be- yeah. I mean, he 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 proved what he needed to prove to me. I think down the stretch last year. Final note here, the Royals have acquired outfielder Jason Bourgeois and catcher Umberto Quintero from the Astros. Bourgeois stole 31 bases last year, something like 230 at-bats. So when he, when he plays, he steals. Yeah. Something to keep an eye on. Um, your thoughts on this trade? I think he's going to play less, so I'm, I'm disappointed about it as a fantasy owner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lorenzo Cain, I mean, unless something goes wrong for him, I think he's going to be an everyday center fielder. So. Where's the opportunity for Borges or Bourgeois? Bourgeois, sorry. Bourgeois. We're classy yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And Quintero, anything to note there? I mean, Salvador Perez is hurt, so is he going to get a lot of at-bats? I assume he'll, he'll get whatever Perez, not all of what Perez might have gotten, but I'm sure he'll work his way in there. I'm, I'm assuming he was the, the centerpiece of this deal, not Bourgeois, you know, just to, to get some depth in there. Sure. Um, I still wouldn't, you know, jump on him beyond maybe even a reserve pick in AL only. He's a crappy hitter. <laughs> That's what it boils down but to. But if he plays, though, I mean, he'll have some kind of value and possibly runs scored. You know, it's yeah. That this is this is the problem. Right, he'll, he'll have he'll have more value than someone who gets no at bats. Yeah, sure. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> well, then here we go with the position battles. First, follow us on Twitter at Nando CBS N A N D O CBS at CBS Scott White at Adam Azer at CBS Fantasy BB and Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball. A lot of good updates for you on Facebook and on Twitter. We're going to go with um, the Baltimore closer situation first. We'll go through the league and look at some some of the more important ones that we've highlighted, and then we'll just kind of list the rest and give some thoughts. Let's start with Baltimore closers. Jim Johnson, Kevin Gregg, Matt Lindstrom. Nobody really running away with this. Greg and Lindstrom, four innings pitch, two earned runs so far. And it's Wednesday now, so these are stats through Tuesday. Jim Johnson, three innings pitch, four earned runs. Scott, who do you want to see take over there? Do you like anyone? I don't really like anyone. I would. I guess I'd pick Jim Johnson because I feel like he's been the most consistent over his career. But uh, regardless of whether a clear front runner emerges here or not, the Baltimore closing situation is the one I rank 30th among all the teams, because they're, they're kind of the opposite of days. They're a bad team with that scores a lot of runs, doesn't have great pitching, and, and that to me is a 20-save scenario. So not liking them at all. Boston fourth and fifth starters. Daniel Bard, 1-2 and two with a 7-1-1 ERA in spring training, 10 walks and 12 and two-thirds. So he is not doing well. Felix Dubrant, uh, opponents are hitting over 300, 3.38 ERA. Vicente Padilla... 450 ERA, but one walk, nine strikeouts. He does have a bit of a hamstring injury right now. Aaron Cook, no runs in five and a third. And Alfredo Aceves is standing out. One run in nine innings, uh, no walks, eight strikeouts. So again, it's Bard, Dubrant, 
Padilla, Aaron Cook, and Alfredo Aceves. Nando, your take on Boston's fourth and fifth starters? I see. This this is so. This is the problem. I don't know how Bobby <laughs> Valentine thinks. Like at least with Terry Francona, we kind of had a reference point for pitchers he liked and stuff like that. Now, I mean, you could look at Aceves and say, yeah, he's great, but he can go into middle relief very easily. He's one of those back and forth guys, like a like a Ramiro Mendoza. Mm-hmm. Bard. I mean, the bullpen there is just so good. They don't need Bard. I think the end game is so good in Boston right now that you can keep Bard as a starter. But, you know, they did it before. It's 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 tough. I, I think if I had to choose two out of this whole group today, it would be Padilla and Bard, with the Sevas going back to, to middle relief kind of thing, and, and who knows about Dubron. Do we have any insights on who's going to win this job? I, personally, I do not, man. Maybe you do. No, I mean, they they really seem to keep backing Bard, even, even when at times he doesn't perform so well, although that ERA was largely one start. Um, so I, I would think he's the most secure of them, but obviously knowing how effective he is in late relief, they could easily pull the plug on that. He's I would, certainly I would the most like to upside, right? S- yeah, he's the most upside, and, and I I would like to see him and Aceves win because they both have RP eligibility and obviously in head-to-head leagues where you don't need saves, plugging a, a starter into your relief spot is a great thing, especially with the Red Sox lining, lineup backing him. So, Sneaky. It's dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, here's the thing. If Vicente Padilla is pitching in the AL East, I'm just not optimistic. <laughs> you know, I, no, if, you if he's going be. up against the Yankees and I'm watching that game, I'm just going to chalk that. I'm just going to put that one in the win column for the Yankees. And, and obviously Aaron Cook's the same way. Yeah, exactly. So the only ones you that I think would even be viable are Bard and Aceves. And uh, who would you be drafting? You, Bard, is, are gonna Bard draft is the Bard. guy getting drafted yeah. in mixed league. And he's going to be RP yeah. eligible. And Aceves, too. But right. Bard's got all right. the strikeouts. Even if Aceves ends up with the better ratios, I think Bard might be able to help you more. Not not in the standard leagues, but in the rotisserie leagues with all the strikeouts. That he's, that's what he is. He's a strikeout guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Toronto in the le- in left field. Travis Snyder hitting three twenty four, four home runs, 15 RBIs. Eric Thames, three fifty three, one home run, 6 RBIs. On base of four ten. Uh, so Snyder and Thames, Nando. Um, you know, Snyder's this perennial guy. He's, he just pops up every year. This is the year he's going to do it. This is the year. And he just he kind of doesn't. He stalls out. Um, Thames is he's kind of exciting. You look at his minor league numbers. There's there's a lot of potential there for a, for a power outburst. He's got great average. I'm not sure which way it's going to go. I, I guess I'd, you know, I'd maybe want to gamble on Thames getting the job and then Snyder kind of just being bounced around as utility, DH, you know, first base, kind of Adam Lindy kind of guy. But uh, I could yeah. be wrong. I mean, Yeah, I mean... Obviously, the four homers stand out for Snyder. I think Thames came into spring with the advantage. Uh, but I, I kind of feel like the Blue Jays are getting to a now-or-never point with Snyder uh, for good reason because, like Nando said, it's it's been every year it seems like, okay, this is the year, and, and then it's not. He's had good springs before, so you know I'm, I'm not going to predict this is the breakout year for him, but um, I, I think the the ultimate ceiling is higher for him if he can ever reach that ceiling. And and I think, you know, on a coin flip, uh, that would be uh, that would be the reason I'd, I'd give him the slight edge. When we find out who wins this job, do you like these guys better than Lorenzo Cain? Um, no, I don't, because I don't think they're ever going to be completely secure, especially since Roger Davis is also there. Do you like them better than Peter Borges? Yeah, I think you have to. I think Borges doesn't have a role. Okay. 
Peter, oh, wait, Borges. Borges. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about bourgeois, bourgeois again. again. Yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you know, um, that's that's two different players. I think you're, you're looking at Borges. You're looking at speed and average. With uh, with Thames, you're looking at power and average, possible power and average. And in that Toronto lineup, you know, a lot of runs scored likely. Um, that's tough. I, it depends on your team situation, I think. We'll move on to the White Sox closer. Matt Thornton, three scoreless innings so far. Jesse Crane, three innings, two runs, and opponents hurting 385. Addison Reed, five and a third, six strikeouts, three walks, one run. Not huge sample size this year, but it's Thornton, Crane, and Reed. Scott, if uh, Baltimore was the worst closer situation in baseball, where's Chicago's closer situation? Uh, you don't have to give me a rank. A, a good bit higher. I, I mean, I I think Thornton is capable of being a good closer. He obviously it didn't happen for him last year. Uh, but I think he's capable, and if he gets the job, he could hold it for the whole year, conceivably. I like Addison Reed a lot. I think once, whenever the time comes that he's able to step into that role, be it next year or a couple years down the road or, you know, end of April, whenever, uh, I, I think he'll keep it for a long time. Uh, but it, it seems like there's been so little buzz on him as spring training has gone on that he's kind of fallen to the third of this group behind both Thornton and Crane. And, and Crane, to me, never really seemed like a, a great closing option in the first place. So, so if you're drafting today, you're going to draft I'm, Thornton. I'm definitely going Thornton, yeah. And do you like him better than Farnsworth? No. Uh, no, because for no other reason than because Farnsworth just yeah. doesn't have anybody nipping at his heels. Do you like him better than Balfour? Thornton or Balfour? Oh, I'll go for Balfour for now. Um but once the White Sox announce Thornton's the guy, then I'll go Thornton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cleveland third baseman Lonnie Chisenhall, 231 with no extra base hits, one walk, and 10 strikeouts. A rough spring for Chisenhall. Jack Hanahan not doing much better. Nando, are either Chisenhall or Hanahan mixed league guys for you? Um, I, I don't think beyond beyond a, a reserve pick on Chisenhall and the hopes that not, – not the hopes, but the hopes that I'd have Chisenhall, that he would eventually you know, play his way into the position. Hanahan – We've seen him before. Um, you know, he's not supposed to be good, you know, or not great, but he, he actually turns out some pretty good numbers when he plays full time. And you got to feel for the guy who constantly has someone breathing down his neck every year. Yeah. Like whenever Hanahan's the third baseman, there's always someone behind him who everyone else wants to see play. But it's, it's I feel for him, and he does put up nice numbers, but you know, the trepidation's always there because someone like Chisenhall. I, I don't know if Chisenhall is going to win the job outright, which might be better for everyone, but. Uh, He's got. He's definitely got the skill. I don't know if the spring sample size really shows it, but Chisholm Hall will eventually be the third baseman. I just. I feel for Hanahan. I don't think he ever really got a fair shot. All right, Kansas City closer. We talked about it a little bit yesterday when we looked at Soria's injury. He might be needing Tommy John. Greg Holland, one run in five and a third, no walks, seven strikeouts. Jonathan Broxton, one run in three innings. And Aaron Crow has thrown seven innings, two hits, two runs, four walks, seven strikeouts. So. Actually, pretty good production here from Greg Holland, Jonathan Broxton, and Aaron Crow. Let me detour real quick and read a, an email from Ethan from yesterday. He said, how did you not take note of the fact that in yesterday's podcast you referenced Greg Holland, Derek Holland, and even had an email question from a guy in Holland? Maybe I'm just a nerd. So, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. We didn't. <laughs> We're all nerds. But you actually, Ethan, you win. Um, the nerd contest for noticing all that, but good call. Anyway, Derek Holland, um, Derek Holland, or excuse me, Greg Holland, Jonathan Broxton, Aaron Crow, Scott. What's the latest with Kansas City's bullpen? Not that different from yesterday. I, I really don't think it's going to be Broxton, just because three innings. I don't know if there's been some minor league games in there or something, but 
Uh, I don't think he's done enough to show him that they he can be a closer. Um, Holland, Allen kind of won me over with the Greg Holland argument yesterday. Um, looking at his numbers again, it, it seems like he'd be a very good candidate to close, uh, especially since long-term KC still wants to get Crow in the starting rotation. I want to count Crow out completely. They did announce yesterday that I thought it was funny that that was the day they decided to announce he was definitely going back to the bullpen. And then he ended up striking out three in two scoreless innings or something like that. So uh, I think he's a legitimate candidate, but I'd, I'd consider Holland the front runner right now. All right, let's play the game. Holland or Balfour, Marmo or Farnsworth. <laughs> Holland at the end for now. He's, right. he's still. But he's better than Jim Johnson or whoever comes out of the Better than Jim Johnson, bullpen. yes. Los Angeles Angels, DH, Kendry Morales has not made his debut yet. Mark Trumbo, 348, two home runs, eight RBIs, but no walks and seven strikeouts. Bobby Abreu is hitting a stellar 115. <laughs> and he's not happy. Uh, no, no, he's not. Um, I, I'm intrigued by Morales. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I want him <laughs> on my team. <laughs> I they had the he was supposed to return to to cactus league action yesterday and they scratched him because of a, a sore calf i think it was something I th- but i think it was minor. like the weather was too cool yeah yeah which i'm not in love with so but it does play in los so, angeles so yeah playing. we still have to yet to see him play an official an official spring exhibition as much as a contradiction as that sounds like <laughs> um but the fact that he's playing I think it's pretty much certain he's going to be on the opening day roster, and if he's on the opening day roster, he's going to be the starting DH, and if he's the starting DH, I like his chances of getting back where he was a couple years ago, which was top 10 first baseman in fantasy. Wow. That's that's a that's a bold statement. Yeah. I, I mean, if he's healthy, why not? I mean, could he be the steal of the draft? He could be. I'd, I I think uh, I was doing an injury risk sleepers column yesterday. He's going on average in the fifteenth round. I think. Um, yes, I'm he to is. the point now where I'd take him over Adam Lind. I'd take him over. Uh, I, I would still take Ike Davis over him, but it, it's getting closer. Especially since Davis hasn't been hitting so well this spring with the with the um, Valley Fever. Valley Fever. Yeah. Nando, what do you think about uh, Mark Trumbo? I'm sorry, uh, Kendry oh, Morales. I, I'm all for Scott's argument. Like, I when I go into draft, I love the guys with a lot of upside who I can take in the 15th round who are going to produce, you know, eighth round numbers, maybe even seventh round numbers. So, I, I'm I'm not wary about his playing time. I, I just he had a lot of time off. Yeah. That's the thing. And the other problem is when you stick a guy at DH. And I, I used to talk to you know Jason Giambi and even Eduardo Perez would tell me this. Like, if you're DHing, you're out of the flow of the game. You know, he played first base. He's, you know, he, he. You have the defense. You go back. You're warm. You hit. Um, it might That's be a good point. It yeah. might be a strange. I mean, I'm not saying I'm hey, getting like way too Adam deep Dunn. in this. No, Adam. De- yeah. Adam Dunn. It might have affected him. It's just one of those things that, um, you know, I definitely take him in the 15th round. I don't think I take him in the 10th. Yeah. Does Trumbo have any value? I think Trumbo has tremendous value because you know, depending on how Morales shakes out, you're going to move Trumbo around. You know, talking about third base. You know, stuff like that with Trumbo. It's it's going to give you, first of all, multi-positionality, and secondly, you know, he'll, he'll, I'm sure, be happy that he's playing somewhere. And it's not one of those things where Morales is going to take your spot. Mm-hmm. I think the odd man out here is going to have to be Abreu somehow, some way. Yeah, um, I, I don't think this is why be... he's not happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he hit better him? than 115, buddy. Trade yeah, you, well, I guess you trade him somewhere I mean, eat up some of his contract. You know, Abreu is still. He doesn't hit for power anymore. His average is kind of iffy, but he still gets on base a lot. I'm, I'm. 
He doesn't play defense, I think, is the main problem. The main reason no team has gone after him. Terrible defender. Uh, but I think at the at the top of the lineup, he could still be a useful guy both in real life and fantasy. Um, getting back to Trumbo, though, I am I, I'm kind of seeing this as a case, as, as an instance where he's looking like the favorite at third base now. Assuming Morales comes back, I'm I'm surprised at how much third base he's played this spring. I thought it was just kind of something they, you know, casually try to see if it was a possibility he could play there in a pinch. Uh, but it seems like every time I look at the box score, that's where he played. I know he has uh, he committed his third error yesterday, so you know you yeah. could argue how how effective he's been. But no broken eyes yet. No, yeah, no yet. broken <laughs> eyes. Uh, and and it's clear they want his bat in the lineup. Um, but he could go from a solid first baseman, you know, a later round pick to pretty good third baseman, right? I mean, you know, well, position I, depth being yeah, considered here. The, Obviously, the underlying um, debate is his value in the first place. I, Al and I both see him as kind of a one-trick pony, free-swinging, um, home runner bust type uh, who could potentially hit for a lower average than he did last year. So to me, he's a late rounder regardless of whether he gets uh, full-time at-bats or not, but Nando might have a different view on that i just think you throw him in the mix with with a healthy and and you know back to his prime prime you know, two years ago morales and albert pujols and the free swinger thing's gonna work i mean like you know he's gonna see some stuff and and i don't know he's got the power yeah. in that lineup i think that's good enough for you know yeah 35 home runs the third baseman and a first baseman people talking about first base being shallow this year too Let's in terms ta- of power. Let's compare him to some other third baseman. Let's say he wins the job, and Kiaspo's in the running too, and Kiaspo's having a good spring hitting four thirty three, with nine runs scored. He's not going to give you power, not doing much else, but he's hitting four thirty three Anyway, um, would you take Trumbo, assuming he wins the job, or Mike Moustakas? I'm a, I'm a huge Moustakas fan. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the wrong guy to ask right now to me, <laughs> I think. Uh, Ryan Roberts or Trumbo? Trumbo. Yeah, I'd go Roberts, and I don't even like Roberts that much. Um but I think, assuming he keeps his job, which you know I've kind of played up the argument that he won't, but assuming he does, <laughs> he will give you some power and speed. Roberts. Roberts will, yes. Then let's move on to Oakland. Fifth starting pitcher, Jared Parker, Brad Peacock, who is struggling, 10 earned runs in seven innings, and Dallas Braden, who won't join the rotation until early May. We touched on this, I think it was yesterday, right? Jared yeah. Parker got sent down. Um, Peacock just got sent down yesterday, too. Okay. Uh, but... The the there's kind of a, a weirdness to this being that Oakland plays its first game March 28th. So they're kind of finalizing their roster earlier than most teams have to. Um, they're down to four starters now because they know they're not going to need their fifth guy till April 17th or whenever it is. Um, it, it could be Peacock still. It could be um, Parker still. It will be one or the other, I think. And then when Braden gets back, it, it'll be neither, unless at that point Tommy Malone has lost his job or Brandon McCarthy or Bartolo Colon has got hurt. So even though this, I'm going to say one of those two will get hurt. <laughs> Which yeah. is a very real possibility. <laughs> yeah. So there's, uh, there's technically a, a lot of names here, but I, it, it seems to me one of those situations that's going to work itself out and nobody's really going to leave you hanging in fantasy. So who are we drafting? We're drafting um, none of none of Parker, <laughs> Peacock, or Braden in mixed leagues right now. I don't think Braden. 
I might come closest to drafting him just because I could stash him in a DL spot, but he has the lowest upside of the three, too. Who's going to be Seattle's center fielder? <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be... We were talking well, about this before. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Until Franklin Gutierrez comes back, that's that's a key. Um, it's going to be either Michael Saunders or Sean Figgins. And then if it's not Figgins, then they're going to play Figgins at third base, which would bump Kyle Seeger out, who happens to be having probably the best spring of anybody, of any of those three anyway, uh, mm-hmm. hitting close to 400 with like four homers or something. So, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I would like to see Seeger win it. But I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to end up in a reserve role. I think the only safe bet is is Sean Figgins. Out of all those names that Scott just mentioned, because you see Figgins is either going to play center field or third base. You know, the rest of those guys, there's going to be someone getting bumped one way or another, no matter where Figgins goes. So I think Figgins is the one you want to put your money on, not even to win center field, just to have on your team out of those those players. But how, how much money Figgins? are you going to put on? Yeah. One? I, you know, I I, I kind of like Figgins. I do. I. I've been a defender of him. I was last year. I stuck with him in, uh, in Tower. I was last year too, yeah. but then I stopped sticking with him. <laughs> it's just, I, it's one of those weird Adam Dunny kind of things where, you know, what happened, dude? Like, what happened to Sean Figgins? Like, he could have uh, gone down a little bit, but to have that ridiculous drop. But it, but it was kind of two years in a row. Um, right. Because two years ago, he hit in the 230 range, I think. So, yeah. he hasn't broken Nando's heart enough yet. I still Not like yet. him for a cheap store because I like to go for the power guys, and I need to compliment him on my team with cheap steals, and... You know, Figgins, put him against, say, Jason Bourgeois for someone who I can get some steals from. Yeah. I think I go with Figgins. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Colorado, third base. We've got Casey Blake, who's hurt. Brandon Wood, who, yeah, um, no walks and 12 strikeouts and a two fifty eight batting average. It sounds like Brandon Wood. <laughs> Noan Arenado, four yeah. hits in 25 at-bats. Chris Nelson hitting two seventy three, And Jordan Pacheco, take a bow because you're actually doing well. 423 uh, batting average with one home run and six RBIs. Blake, Wood, Arenado, Pacheco, Chris Nelson, Nando. Do you like anybody here <laughs> in the is, third base mix? This this like this entire show is because it's like haunting me because <laughs> Why Brandon, is that? Brandon Wood every year is one. Of, he's uh. he's my Sean Rodriguez. He's you know he's my <laughs> guy. And so uh, out of this group right now, if I had to pick one today, if you're just forcing me, I would go with Brandon Wood. I think what I've read about him and you know what they've said about him in Colorado, they like his potential. They're working on his swing. Um, I don't know if it's the best advice. No. I, I think out of this group, you know, Blake's hurt. Um, the, the other guys, I just I don't know if they can. Maybe Pacheco, I kind of like his numbers and his potential, but Wood, I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Arenado's obviously the potential guy, and and I think regardless of who wins the job, regardless of whether Blake comes back at some point and says, "Look, I'm healthy," all of a sudden. I think Arenado is the starting third baseman in Colorado come midseason. Uh, the problem with Pacheco is there he's kind of also a backup catcher and a backup first baseman, and, and I think they kind of want him in the utility role. Um, and then Nelson and, and Wood. You know, I've kind of played up the Wood the thing about Wood swing also, knowing what it did for Alex, what a similar change did for Alex Gordon last year. But Alex Gordon had an awesome spring, and clearly... Um, Wood has taken a turn for the worse since we last talked about him. Yeah. So I don't really like any of these guys, I guess is what I'm getting at, uh, unless you have a bench and you can stash Arenado away for later. Do you like any of these guys better than Chase Headley? No. No, not at all. Jed Lowry? No. No. Nah. Mm, 
If you get one Jones. of these guys who who would have a solid role right now, yeah, like you're naming all starters basically. Yeah, and no, I'm right. saying the That's winner. I'm saying the winner of this competition. Oh, the winner of this competition. I, I, I yeah, the winner. I can't see drafting in mixed leagues. Okay. I can't. So any of those guys, I could. I can't see these. Like Scott said, you might have a different guy come June who's you know, who might just, just take it and run with it. Yeah, sure. Colorado fifth starting pitcher Drew Pomeranz is in the mix, and you know we'll talk about him tomorrow when we look at prospects. Three hits and and uh, no runs with seven strikeouts and two walks in seven innings. So who else is in the mix there for Colorado's fifth spot? Uh, Tyler Chatwood, Guillermo Moscoso, um, Jamie Moyer, a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys who scare you playing half their games in Coors Field. To be perfectly honest, Pomeranz is the only one I would consider drafting in mixed leagues, and and I think, you know, certainly if if it becomes official and he has a job, I think he deserves to get drafted in every mixed league. Uh, but there there is still a danger pitching in Colorado. They've solved a lot of the the effect of, you know, with the humidor, the ball doesn't carry quite the same way, but there's still, you lose break on your breaking pitches, and it's just a terrible place to pitch that only a few guys that I could count on one hand have really mastered. So um, other than a guy with Pomeranz upside, I'm still not interested in Colorado pitchers. So wait, Nando, you don't you don't like the uh, Jamie Moyer? Uh, well, I didn't. I don't know if he deserved a groan <laughs> like that. Let's see what he <laughs> Moyer. You know, every year you hate Moyer and you want to you want to just dismiss him. And every year he he's not exciting for fantasy purposes, but um, you know, he puts up good numbers uh, to the point where you could make him. You know, your your ninth pitcher on sixty three years old though. I know. <laughs> I'm not I know. sure That's I've been alive for for all those every years. Yeah. That Colorado air is going to be good for him. Uh, San Francisco first baseman. What's the latest there? Is it going to be a Brandon Belt show? Oh, I, I wish. I hope. I what, you know what I really hope happens is they just give in and and, and stick him in left field because he can handle it. I mean, it's not going to be a Gold Glover out there. Obviously, uh, Nate Scherholtz, who would be the guy they'd bump out, is closer to being a Gold Glover, but. Uh, Belt is ready now. The kind of spring he's having, it seems like he made uh, the adjustments he needed to make after a, kind of a rough rookie showing. Uh, and I think he's ready to take off and be an every week contributor in fantasy. It's just they're not going to pull the plug on Aub- Aubrey Huff until they absolutely have to. It makes okay. sense, I think. You're right to have Huff at first and to put Belt, you know, younger, fresher legs in the outfield, even though he's not that great. Right. Of a def- he's he's better than the other option. I, he obviously played some. Yeah. yeah. Well, they brought when they when they last year Belt it was the name that would not go away. He's up and he was down and he was up and he was down and then they gave him some time in the outfield. So, it's so not like are you gonna? Experiment. Do you want him on draft day? You feel confident enough in Brandon Belt? Between Belt and Huff, I think I'd rather take Belt, and I, I do think that Belt, if you know, if they they decide to do right by him, I guess. Yeah. Um, he, he's he's got some great skill and some great potential that, that could be a, you know, a fantasy sleeper, I guess. Belt or Alfonso Soriano? I like Soriano. I still like Soriano. I'd take Belt because I think there's a limit to what Soriano can do for you at this point, and uh, it's it's streaky homers basically. Belt or Delman Young? Mm. Uh, you know, I don't like Delman Young. I know that. <laughs> I like him a little more than Soriano, but I'd still take Belt. But Delman Young could always go that, not exactly the Josh Hamilton route, but you know, you're talking about a, a first-round pick, a number-one pick, who uh, who just finally takes some time to realize his potential. And obviously Hamilton yeah. went a different route, and you know, Young's going to... Right, I mean, Young, I think, is a 
20 homer guy max. Uh, if he could have a year like he had two years ago, but I think that's the absolute best case scenario. And even then, he was kind of middle of the road. All right, I'm just going to run through some other position battles and just give me a quick thought, I guess. Cleveland, fifth starter. Anything worth mentioning here? Uh, n- Jean-Marc Gomez is having a pretty good spring, but him and Slowey, uh, they either be AL only. Left field in Cleveland. Yeah, a bunch of nobodies. Shelly Duncan, Aaron Cunningham. Yep, nobodies. Detroit, fifth starter. Jacob Turner wasn't a nobody, but he's kind of out of the mix with his shoulder issue. Um, Dwayne Below, Andrew Oliver, still a bunch of nobodies. You like any of them, Nando? No, but I would like to backtrack here. I do I do kind of like Shelly Duncan a little bit. Okay. If he wins, Shelly Duncan does have a lot of power potential. That's all. Yeah. He'll probably feel, hit. Feel hit. free to interject. Yeah, well, I didn't, you were on a roll. I didn't want to raise my hand. <laughs> He'll Excuse probably me, hit sir. Uh, all his home runs in like four games, though, you know? <laughs> That's what he does. You get a two or three in a game. Uh, where are we now? We're at Kansas City's fifth starter. Uh, Danny Duffy, maybe. Yeah, I, well, I like Danny, Danny Duffy, Duffy certainly would have some upside if he wins. And Felipe Paulino, because he's got the RP eligibility going for him, too. Uh, Luis Men- uh, Is that the name? Luis Mendoza? I'm not even confident that's the right name now. <laughs> so there's your answer. He's not. He's, Let's call him L.A. But he, uh, he developed this impressive sinker that uh, is having a great spring. Was Had like a two ERA between the majors and the, and the minors last year, I think. And uh, he's he's intriguing. He's intriguing. Certainly in AL-only leagues. I, I wish I, hey, I well, could get the name right. <laughs> Tomorrow uh, we'll provide the yeah. name. Uh, Seattle's fifth starting pitcher. A bunch of guys here, and really it's the last three spots in their rotation. Kevin Millwood, Hisashi Iwakuma, Hector Noesi, uh, Blake Bevan, Charlie Furbush. Uh, the guys I'd like to see win it are uh, Noesi, Bevan, and Iwakuma. Uh, Iwakuma, just because you're, you're dealing with the unknown, that's better than assured scrubbed them. Uh, and Noesi, because I feel like he has good upside. Bevan, I think, could be kind of a poor man's Doug Fister, um, pitching deep into games, walking hardly anybody, not giving him any strikeouts. Uh, but Millwood's had a very impressive spring, and he was impressive for the Rockies down the stretch last season, so I wouldn't want to count him out um, as potentially an AL-only option. Still not particularly exciting. Noessi's the kind of guy, I think if he has a first good Two weeks. Like, I wouldn't draft him, but I'd love to keep an eye on him and put him on my watch list or whatever and just wait. Because if he starts out, you know, uh, with success, I think so. he's someone you can grab on the waiver wire. Well, you know, he's still 2% owned in all these leagues. And by the end of the year, he might be, you know, 45, 50% owned. He, he has a yeah. lot of skill. And, you know, buried in that Yankee system with 20 starters ahead of him, he never really got a fair shake, I don't think. No. Washington center field. Uh, it's Ankular Bernadina. We know the story with them. They're not interesting. Chicago fifth starter, Chicago Cubs. Uh, Chris Volstad has had a impressive spring. Um, seems to have distinguished himself over Randy Wells and Travis Wood, who's had an awful spring. Um, so I, I think there there's the chance he could still be a, a, a decent option in mixed leagues, um, but I wouldn't draft him um, outside of NL only. That guy had limitless potential with the Marlins a few years ago. Yeah. It was just so, yeah, that's exactly why you need to keep an eye on him still. But no more than an eye. <laughs> right. Philadelphia fifth starter. Blanton and, and uh, Kyle Kendrick have both had good springs. I would assume Blanton 
if it if it's a toss up like that, I would assume Blanton gets the job just because uh, the contract he has and and Kendrick obviously has more experience in relief, and he could, you know, be an on and off the waiver wire type during the season. Still want to draft Blanton. Blanton or Bevin? I'll go Blanton, but none are super exciting, but both are exciting yeah. enough that find a middle reliever I, instead. <laughs> that guy's that's going to be your number nine pitcher right there. Yeah, well, certainly in a in a roto league. Uh, Atlanta yeah. shortstop. Um, between uh, Andrelton Simmons and Tyler Pasternicki, I think people were looking as pa- at Pasternicki as a sleeper for steals, but he has not had a good spring at all. And Andrelton Simmons, particularly with his defense, has really opened eyes. Um, the the downside is if Simmons wins the job, I'm not sure he's going to contribute enough offensively to make a difference in fantasy, at least at this stage of his career. Um, could get to the could get there at some point. Is more of a long term guy though. Houston third base. Uh, that's between um, Chris Johnson um, and they've they've tried Brett Wallace there, but I I don't think they're going to stick with that. Uh, and then um, it's like a quiz. Today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is. is like Stump Scott. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's going to be? No, it's not fun. I'm sorry. Paredes. Okay. Yeah. Chris Johnson though is I right. Mean, yeah. Okay. Right. Chris Johnson's the name to know, I think. Johnson or Gamble? <laughs> uh, Gamble, for sure. St. Louis, second base. Uh, that's between Tyler Green and Daniel Descalso. In fantasy, you want Green to win because looking at his minor league numbers, it seems like there is a chance he could be a potential offensive contributor. Descalso's just just a guy you stick in the lineup and you know hope he gets a few hits. So I, I think Descalso has the edge. Um but I'm I'm still holding out hope for Green in in NL only leagues. Dodgers left field. That is Jerry Sands or Juan Rivera. Sands is four for twenty four with a double this spring, and obviously he didn't um, do much once he came up to the majors last year either. I think he he's starting to look to me like a product of his environment at AAA. Um, and then Juan Rivera was was pretty good after he came over to the Dodgers last season, so. Uh, still more of an NL only guy, but could could contribute in mixed leagues at some point. Dodgers fifth starter. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that came from a, a, a list Al sent you initially, and I'm not even sure. I think Chris Capuano and Aaron Harang are, are solidified at the back end of that rotation. All right, I'm blaming Al for that one. Oakland yeah. first oh, man, base. He's not even here to defend. Him, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. Throw him under the bus. We got uh, <laughs> two more as we jump back to the AL. Oakland first base, Texas center field. No, I know. I don't know if you have any. I don't want to make this a Scott White show. No, keep please. We got a nice groove here. Yeah, with Scott. Scott, yeah. Scott how many uh, how many numbers can you name in pie? <laughs> <laughs> I, I stop after the three point one four. I'm I'm the nerdy one now with Al here. Al here. So. What happened? I guess so. Yeah. Um, Oakland. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sleeper nerd here, by the way. I just yeah. like to point that out. <laughs> I was about to make a Simpsons reference, but I decided it was too nerdy. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Brandon Allen, Kila Kahue, mm-hmm. and uh, Derek Barton's kind of on the outskirts, I think. He he got off to a late start this spring. Um, and and Kahue, uh has really turned it up the last couple days, and I think um, I, I think it's close enough between him and Allen that I'd give him the slight edge. And really, either of those guys, they both look like quadruple-A players right now, but I wouldn't be surprised still if one of them broke through as a 
a 20 homer guy, 20, 25 homer guy with a good on base percentage. So I would consider both AL only sleepers. All right. The problem with Kaihue was that when he was in Kansas City, he was blocked by so like the Billy Butlers and the Hosmers were all kind of always just kind of leaping him in the depth chart. It's yeah. not like he failed as a major leaguer, really. He just kind of you know, didn't get more than a 30 game stretch to, to prove Yeah. It, it was pretty much early last season, and they said, we're going to give him a real shot. And then they pulled the plug still pretty early. Yeah, he's he's kind of he's the perfect Oakland athletic, basically. Yeah. He's the cast off, you know, the old school Oakland athletic who you know couldn't find his role and may, might have the Jack Cust, yeah. if you will. Brad Pitt would love him. And um, Texas, that was a Moneyball joke. Texas center field. That's our last one, Scott. So recite the preamble and then Texas center field. <laughs> Leonis <laughs> Martin, um, Julio Bourbon, and uh, Craig Gentry who's done almost nothing this spring. I think he was the favorite at first, but it's hard to endorse him over those other two. Um, Bourbon just kind of keeps sticking around, but that's the longer he sticks around, the less I think he's worth noting. Martin, Leonis Martin, the, um, who we've talked about before, is a legitimate top prospect, Cuban defector. Um, kind of struggled when he got to the upper levels of the minors last year, but I think it's inevitable at some point this season he's going to be their center fielder. And when that happens, he'll be viable even in mixed leagues, potentially more than just viable. All right. Emails real quick. Just we'll read a couple, I guess. Mike from Fresno, dear fantasy mouse rats. All right. <laughs> that works. I just made this trade. Please let me know if you think it's fair and even. Getting C.J. Wilson and Albert Pujols, giving up Hosmer, Braun, and Pineda. Getting Wilson and Pujols, giving up Hosmer, Braun, and Pineda. I personally love it. Nando, what do you think? Well, it's too late to help him, but yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it's a pretty good deal. Um, Pineda's, Pineda's the one, the X factor that worries me in there. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to respond to being a Yankee and in that stadium and all that, so you might as well get the C.J. Wilson, who has proven himself, and obviously Ira Pujols, one of the best players in baseball. Well, we can help Joe DeFerrari of Hanover, Mass., who says, I can't make up my mind on this trade. I was offered a deal in which I would be receiving Hamels and Fister, and I would be giving up Lincecum and Nova. What do you think? Getting Hamels and Fister and giving up Lincecum and Ivan Nova. I'd rather have the Hamels-Fister side. Uh, the way Lincecum's numbers have kind of, you know, he's kind of slowed down a little over the past couple of years. I don't think he has a clear edge over Hamels anymore. And then Fister does have a clear edge over Nova, I feel like, in terms of innings and whip. And Nova's not really a strikeout guy himself, so I'd, I'd consider them about even there. I think uh, I think Hamill's Fister wins. All right, that's going to wrap up today's show. We'll be back either Thursday or Friday to talk about some of the best prospects, guys you should keep an eye on late in drafts or just throughout the season as free agent pickups. For Nando Defino and Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. We will talk to you later.